back with Vershawn Jackson, sponsored by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Oh, man, what is the world coming to? It's the captain, the ticket, 93.7. We are on with the legendary Cluster Johnson. I know he's so humble and stuff, but Cluster Johnson is a legend to me and to a lot of people in the country based on what he did on the football field, being a mean blocker, being a go-to receiver when he got an opportunity to catch the ball. He's done it. Cluster, let's talk boys. Talk boys. Let's get into it. Let's talk okay. boys. Let's talk. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. First of all, let's let's talk. Tell the people about the little league battles that you and old Coach Jackson had. Oh man. Well, I got to give Rashawn props. So a lot of people, what a lot of people don't know is there. There's a lot of kids out there who they didn't have a lot of structure, didn't have a lot of foundation, and and yourself along with Abdul Muhammad probably worked with kids who uh really had they, they really looked up to y'all as as people who are going to guide them to um you know doing good for themselves in life so i want to say that where you know cluster was more in the suburban setting and i had uh, a lot of parents who supported their children um so what was good about that was when we played against the inner city kids, stop, Cluster. You guys hold up, made us tougher. Cluster, stop for a minute. First of all, you guys you, made you, us tougher wait, because wait. I tell you what, uh-huh. you know, when you when you got it good, and you and and everybody's encouraging you, and, and you have all this nice stuff, you have all this nice equipment on. When you get punched in the mouth, you you re- reflect, <laughs> you reflect on everything. So. That's what happened when we played you and Abdul. Ah, Cluster, I appreciate that. <laughs> and, you know, we had some classic battles, and, and, and this is all throughout all three of your boys' career yeah. in Little League. You know, and I, yeah. it, it, people got to understand, and this is why I say building relationships is so important to universities. Me and Cluster have been going at it in football, not just played at Nebraska together, but – you know, our our sons were smaller going at it. We went at it in coaching on all three <laughs> levels, from 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 Junior to K to Keegan. Yeah. I always – I love those boys like my own nephews because of – not just because Cluster's their dad, but because of the work ethic, because of how well they listened, because of how well they did what they did, and they didn't look at – they were football players – Athletes, they didn't care about the glory and the glit of. They wanted to win as a team. I love that about him. When yeah. we're talking, CJ, CJ came out, broke every record. Right, he broke Matt yeah. Davis's record. Did he? Yeah. Was it Matt Davis's record that he smashed? Yeah. Well, see, uh, Matt had the overall record playing in Class C, and CJ broke. A lot of his records in Class A. Oh, so I just wanted to point that out. Thank you for the prerequisite. So he comes out. Uh, what did you guys do in high school, Cluster Johnson Juniors? Senior. What do you mean? What do we uh, did, clarify that? Uh, did you win the championship, or was it were you worn or up, or a couple games out? No, no. Uh, so CJ, uh, 
he was in the beginning of Coach Huffman. Uh, there was a lot of change that needed to happen at Bellevue West. Coach Huffman came in and really started to emphasize weightlifting and, and just making the kids a little bit more accountable. It kind of fell off a little bit. Um, not to say that, you know, WS always had pretty good foundation, but in order for them to go to that next level and be one of the more competitive high schools, they needed to change uh getting stronger in, in the line of scrimmages because they always had – Bill West has always had great skill guys, but they just never had great linemen. And uh, Coach Pekorski and Coach Huffman, they got that thing turned around. Nice. So, Is uh, Pekorski still CJ's there? First, so, so CJ's freshman year at Bill West wasn't very good, but his last couple of years they were 6-3, six 6-3. And, three, six and, three, and uh, those were uh, – those are those are – Coach Huffman's two worst years was CJ's first, uh, his last, you know, junior senior year, which were pretty good years. But since then, they've been pretty good. How in the world did he make it to Wyoming and not Nebraska? Well, so I'll break it down like this here. And and everybody needs to know this, and I've said this a multitude of times. Me and you disagree with this, but this is my mindset. I never believed that just because my kids are legacies, quote unquote, that's what people call them legacies, that they deserve a scholarship to Nebraska. Like the coaching staff had to overwhelmingly go, listen, this kid is going to take us over the top. They're going, you know, he, he has proven to us without a shadow of a doubt that he should get a scholarship. And, there were some who believed that CJ should. Like I always give Barney Cotton tons of props because he called me all the time. He's like, man, I'm really trying to get CJ. I really want CJ here. I mean, Barney Cotton was CJ's biggest advocate. He wanted CJ really well. He thought coming down there and getting some development, he, he would he would be a good receiver. <clears throat> and uh and then I I heard some inside information when they all went around the table. Pretty much everybody wanted CJ, except a one or two who wanted to get the guys from the South. So they ended up getting those kids from Edna Carr who who uh, they ended up quitting the team. I was getting ready to say, <laughs> what dudes from Edna Carr? Where they at? They still here? Oh no! Did they finish their career? Where did they go? Did they go to another college? Who Man, knows? A lot of- a lot of those kids, they didn't end up going anywhere. I think they just went back home. All the more reason to be able to, to take Cluster Johnson. And this is not a beat-up Nebraska moment. This is a truth moment. When you have a phenomenal player, he did enough. Now, I, I, again, legacy players, I think all legacy players, Nebraska should at least entertain. Meaning, hey, right now, we like you. You ain't, you ain't high on our board, but keep working. That for a young man it will make him either keep working or stay where he is, and then he, you can justify right. why we didn't recruit you. Well, let me let me add something. Let me let me throw something in there because I did have I had talks with Coach Pellini, and Coach Pellini was pretty much putting it on the offensive guys. He was like, "Listen, I'm gonna let them pick what they want. I really like CJ. I think he's a good player." And I always told them, I said, "Listen, no, nobody's a finished product typically coming out of high school. There's very few guys coming out of high school." That's a finished product. I mean, you're going to typically get better if you're coaching. Like, if you're coaching and you know how to develop, like, he's shown the skills that that will show you that 
he he could probably get better. Um, so there was that, and I remember having a. I don't know if I don't know if 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 Matt Davidson remembers this discussion, but I talked to him briefly about CJ, and I said, you know, Matt, CJ, you know, obviously broke your high school record, and you come from Classy Tecumseh, so. Matt ended up being pretty good friends with who was the OC under uh, Pelini. I always oh, I know who you're talking about. Yes, uh, I know Coach Fisher was a receiver coach, and no, it was OC. no. Ted Gilmore was a receiver coach at that time. No, 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 no. It, it was Fisher. Oh, Fisher. I talked okay, to him okay. all the time. It was Coach Fisher. He was the receivers coach at the time. Okay, but the OC, he's a guy who went to Ohio State and they let him go. Then he went to Texas. Uh, Tim Beck. Tim Beck. Tim Beck. But Tim Beck. And he was Tim Beck. Tim Beck was the guy who was like no on CJ. He was the number one no on CJ, right? Which which was fine. Which was fine. Like I I, I didn't care. But um, I asked Matt, who became pretty good friends with Tim Beck. You know, I know they used to hang out. They were buddies. And I said, I said, Matt, if if you were coming out of Tecumseh right now, and you had a pretty good Husker career. You had a pretty good Husker career. Do you think your friend Tim Beck would have given you a shot right now? <laughs> I think the answer would have been no. I don't think Tim Beck would have offered a Matt Davidson out of C1 Tecumseh. No, he would have took those guys from New Orleans. And look, Matt Davidson ended up being a great Husker receiver. So that time. was the point. That was the point I was trying to get across to them that they they were they were off. They were really off when it came to some of how they were evaluating some of the Nebraska kids at the time. I mean, I, there was a bunch of you know Nick DeLuca. I mean, there was Easton Stick. I mean, there was a bunch of those kids at that time that I just felt like, man, y'all missing the boat on some of these. Anyway, uh, well, we missing the boat on a lot of them. Like I said. Uh, if aside from Coach Solich, and I think we're trying to get back to it right now, but if you go off the recruiting numbers for the last four coaches, me, you, and a whole bunch of other guys would not have been at that university. Yeah. Because Coach Osborne yeah. was going to get the top five to ten guys. If, if, if it was ten of them in Nebraska that was balling, he coming to get yeah. them all. And yep. and he'll figure out a position. We talked. Well, how was that? Let me back up. How was that being? Was Tony Veland before you or same year? Same year. Think about that. Yep. They took two the the two best quarterbacks in the state. Yeah. That didn't finish as quarterbacks. But if you yep. take your if we take you guys' contribution away, I don't believe we win the championships. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at bet mgm 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Well, I mean, the thing about it, I, I mean, I can't say that. But what I, I will say I is Tony and I, we, we made huge contributions to those championship teams, not only on the field but off the field because Tony ended up being a leader uh, and he ended up being a, a captain. Mm-hmm. And then myself, I was the leader of the receivers at the time. You know, I was uh, I used to uh, lead the unity council um, for the receivers. You wouldn't have been a, you so, wouldn't have been a part of the itty bitty committee though, right? You was too big. Well, no, I wasn't a part of anything. No, uh-uh, I was not. <laughs> hey, you were talking about that. right? <laughs> I was a part of the pipeline. I tell everybody right. I was part of the pipeline. <laughs> hey, because you was knocking people's heads off out there. Cluster, how how important was blocking to you? So I got to tell people what, what changed my mentality because when you play quarterback, you're more finesse. When you're on offense, it's just more finesse. And that's that's what I meant. That's what my mentality was when you play quarterback. You know, quarterbacks are the pretty boys of the offense, and they, you know, they they have all the attention and all that. So that's kind of what my mindset was initially. But coach Coach Brown, who again, I mean, Coach Brown just did a great job of motivating. He he was very motivating because he would scare you frustrate you make you happy all in one <laughs> he had the ability to do all that once at once but coach brown made an example of me that that just turned everything around for me so when i switched to wingback you know i, I was learning plays but i was very tentative he was like cluster you got to get out of second gear that was his favorite line to me. I remember he used to say that to me all the time. I don't know if he remembers, but he would be like, Cluster, you're just very nonchalant. Like, you got to get out of second gear. Come on. You know, you're never going to play like this. And one day, because people don't realize that, uh, some of the players don't realize that they record everything. Well, I mean, when you're coming to Nebraska, you don't realize they are recording everything. They record one-on-ones. They record run station. They record pass station. I mean, they record everything. They record special teams, and we go over that stuff every single day. That's how meticulous Coach, Brown, Coach Osborne was. Man, he recorded every practice, every station, and he made sure we looked at, hey, you, you got to take this angle. Hey, you got to do this. Hey, you got to do that. So, I was double reading on the on on a run. We were at the run station, and I was double reading. And uh, matter of fact, I take that back. We were running a little scrimmage on a half on half of the field with the first team. I did a double read, and I went in really soft on the safety, and he blew the play up. It was an option. He blew the play up, and when I tell you, Coach Brown ran that play back ten times. And he kept going, who is this up top? Who is this? Who is that guy? Like, he knew exactly who it was. But he just kept going, who is this guy? And he just ran it back. You see, guys, 
we can't have this. This is this is just you can't play. I can't put you on the field out there if you're doing this. Like I don't know who this is up there, but if you're gonna block plays, if you're gonna do blocking plays like this, I I can't put you in the game. I'm sorry. You got to get it together in so, front of everybody. Listen, in front of everybody. You talking about somebody sinking in their seat? I was sinking in my seat in there. I was like, oh my god. That day, Vershawn, I said, I went to the defense. I'll never forget. I went to the defense to Troy, Mike Minner, all those guys over there. I just said, hey, listen, I want to let y'all know something. Y'all, we friends off the field, right? But it's not personal out here. It's business now. And from that point on, I was knocking helmets off. I didn't care. I said, if this is what I got to do on the, to get on the field, I just got to let y'all know. So then I, you know, I'm like, I'm like the Draymond Green of the offense. Like I'm, I'm like the regulator that I wanted to take that as, you know, I wanted that moniker. I wanted to be the guy when they put that film on, I wanted people to go, wow, look what he did. <laughs> hey, so it, so. It, I, the only reason why I sidebarred that because that, because I don't really think those stories people don't understand how how awesome it is to have a regulator out on the perimeter regulating destroying yeah. safeties backside yeah. safeties getting destroyed double reading running little itty bitty cornerbacks into the stands yeah that's super yeah. important to scoring you know 40, 50, 60-yard run touchdowns. Getting back to Clester yeah. Jr., with him being the size, because he's got – he had all of it. You know, I always look at Clester's sons, and I'm like, oh, this kid, he got this attribute. He had this one. He got – you know, they all came from Clester, but they all got a little something different. If yeah. you had to – if you had to break down Clester Johnson Jr.'s game, what would, how would you – how would you put that into words? So – so I'm gonna I'm gonna be critical, but I'm also then I'm gonna give him his props. Okay. So and so the thing about CJ, CJ was so what he got from me was he's a very laid back, easy going guy. Um, Second gear guy. People love him. People love him because they they he gets along with people. <clears throat> he can adjust to people's attitudes and the way people act. Um, he he's just a beautiful spirit kid. Well, he's a man now, but and and I mean I love him all to death. But in regards to CJ, just the sweetest the sweetest guy you want to know. Um, but that could not that sometimes that could come off as non-competitive when you're like that on the field because he's so finesse. He's so he makes it look so easy mm. that it don't look like he's going hard. And that's one of the things that I would talk to CJ about is you sometimes have to exaggerate some of the things that you do so that people understand that you are going hard. Um, you can, you Sometimes you make it look too easy. Sometimes you don't run as fast as you need to run. You run fast enough. You don't, you don't want to blow them out, you know. Some people want to blow you out. Some people want to just do enough. And he was one of those sometimes do enough guys. Now he did enough, obviously, to start and be the leading receiver for Wyoming uh, his junior year. 
and uh, led the team in touchdown catches and, and, and was with Josh Allen, who, you know, who's ended up being one of the great quarterbacks for Buffalo. You know, him and him and uh, CJ are good friends. And, and then uh, CJ's best friend is the starting safety, what he was starting last year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think he just he just re-signed his contract. But that was CJ's roommate for like five years, the whole five years in college, uh, Andrew Wingert. That's, uh, that's my buddy, um, really close with him and his family. Um, but, uh, CJ was just so nonchalant, but he got it done. Like, I mean, he led the team in touchdown catches, they had like nine touchdown catches. Now CJ ended up. So CJ out of my three boys probably did not love football. He liked it. <laughs> did love it. Now, when it comes to CJ, when it comes to Kate and Keegan, they love football. They love to lift. They love to do all the extras that makes you better. Uh, CJ was just really naturally good, just really, really good. And I always, always tell him, I'm gonna say, man, if you decided that you want to do anything extra, I mean, you would be so good. Like he had NFL talent. I feel like oh, yeah. he had NFL talent. But, uh, again, he just didn't love football like that. And that's okay. You know, he, I had to be okay with that. And I had to still love him because he's my son, not because he plays football. And uh, that's just something I had to learn as, as a father. I had to learn that eventually your son wants to do what he wants to do and he wants to love what he wants to love. And uh, you just got to accept it and love him for that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we work. I feel like we're closer for that because of that. Uh, I, I didn't pound on him because, hey, he didn't want to play pro football or he didn't want to try. Even though I would always tell him, like, CJ, just imagine you go to camp, you get $40,000, $50,000. That's a good start off for your life and your career. But, but, you know, hey, if you don't love it, you don't love it. You can't force nobody to do it. Right. So, that 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 the the the, the businessman Cluster Johnson kicked in. Come on, yeah, CJ. the businessman came out. But of all the boys, if you talk about prototypical, CJ was that prototype as far as receiver. You know, being six three. Um, you know He's what I'm too saying? Smooth, smooth, hands, so smooth. Sticky, Great hands. sticky hands. I mean, that dude yeah. had more upside, and like you said, he made it look so easy. It looked like he wasn't giving an effort. But yeah. he had long strides, and it just was who he was. You know, I never him. got caught. That's a, that's another thing. Never got caught. Once he caught, caught the ball, he can run fast enough where you wouldn't catch it. <laughs> they call him the big Cadillac. <laughs> where Keegan – now, Keegan wants to kill you. He wants to kill you. He wants to blow you out. Uh, Cade is what I call – if you ever watched Tom and Jerry, or you ever watched uh, um, God um, Woody, not Woody Woodpecker, but listen, hold the thought, hold the thought. The fox could never catch him. What is his name? Tweety Bird, Roadrunner. Cade is the Roadrunner. Like he's so slick. He's so slick. You just he just knows how to get open. He knows how to. That's why Cade is where he is today. Because he's just so slippery. He's so slippery and slick. When I would wrestle with him in in, in the house, he just he's the only one that knew how to get away. <laughs> oh, he he slithers way out of there, huh? 
So, so he's just slippery. He's very slippery, and uh, he knew he knew how to transfer that to the football field. So listen, I got I got to pay a couple of bills, Cluster, but I I, I yeah. hope you got enough time because I because I, I would yeah be, we keep going we okay. keep going all right.